today on CityCast Salt Lake. Happy Friday to all who celebrate. Producer Ivana Martinez is here to help me make sense of this week's top stories in our beloved city. It's Friday, September 16th, 2022. I'm Ali Vallarta, and this is CityCast Salt Lake. Ivana Martinez, happy Friday. Happy Friday, Ali. Welcome back. Hey, it's so good to be back. When I left, it was so hot. And then while I was gone, I heard basically every day from people being like, good thing you're not here. It's so hot. Um, actually, it was people being like, can we use your pool? <laughs> I think that was me. <laughs> yeah, it was you. <laughs> but now I'm back home and I'm doing something that I almost never do in my own home, which is wearing socks. Oh. It's cold. Really? I think it's cold. It is cold. It's kind of chilly. It's like, you know, that little vibe. It's like, it's sweater weather. It's sweater weather. Yeah. Sweater weather. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Before we get into the news, I do feel like I was not planning on sharing where I was on my vacation, but you all have really wrung it out of me by guessing consistently (laughs) where I was on this show, which was a very good bit. Like, hats off to you. Um, Thank you. But I am going to reveal where I was on vacation, which I don't want to make a habit of doing, but you forced my hand. I went to Slovenia, (laughs) which... Is maybe, like, don't at me, all of this country, but maybe the greatest country in the world, I've decided. What makes it so great? Okay, here's what you've got in Slovenia. You've got the ocean. You've got the Alps, but, like, the cheap Alps, the Julian Alps. So you're not in Austria. You're not in Italy. You're not in France. You're paying Slovenian prices to be in the Alps. You've got the most beautiful river, the Socha. You've got an orange wine region, which was basically the point of my journey. Um, You have like beautiful cities with cobblestone streets. It's fantastic. Um, So yeah, if you're not planning trips in former Yugoslavia, I highly recommend it. Slovenia is a beautiful place and tourism is so young there that people are like, not sick of you. Like, you know, when you go to Italy or like, there are certain places you go, even New York City, right? And you're like, oh my God, look at that. And people are like, God, get over it. They're not like that. They're like still amused by tourists for now. They're like, yeah, you can come here mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. We're not we're not Venice. They're not uh, like Salt actually, Lakers who are like, tell your friends Salt Lake sucks. <laughs> tell the Californians not to come here. That's right. <laughs> okay, let's get into the news. Enough about Slovenia. Can I please go first? I'm raising my hand. Go first, Dali. Okay. So there was a story in Utah Business this week that I'm obsessed with. Um, And the story is about how we don't have enough OBGYN docs in Utah. Um, That's insane. Yeah, it's not good. So the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services in 2018 reported that Utah, like statewide, we were 70 doctors short of meeting our OBGYN demand. Okay. Not good. Oh, wow. Not good. One doctor too few is too few doctors, right? Now they predict that deficit to increase to 200 doctors, a shortage of 200 doctors for the state by 2030. You can't see it right now, but my my jaw kind of just dropped. Right. And like I – this doesn't surprise me for a lot of reasons. I mean the – so – I will say, and I'm curious, like, how many other women 
do this. But my OBGYN is basically my primary care doctor. Like I go to the U every year and get a women's wellness exam. And that's basically my primary care. Um, But you can't book out a year. You can only book out six months. And like most of these doctors, according to this article, are booked up six months. So I'm already dreading trying to book an appointment for this year because I know it's going to be chaos. And of course, like we know this, but for anyone who doesn't see an OBGYN, like they do more than deliver babies, right? They give you your entire health exam. Like you get, you check out, see if you have cancer. Um, you know, you get your, sometimes you get your blood work done. You know, you, you get all the good stuff. You need a, you need your OBGYN. They're incredibly important. Yeah, I mean, they interviewed a doctor in this Utah business article, Dr. Chavez. And what the doc said is, I'm seeing moms that are bringing their daughters in who are not yet sexually active but are like, please put Nexplanon in my daughter's arm. Like, I want birth control that is even more than the pill, right? Like, because the pill requires that you remember to take it every day. And these moms are like, I don't want that. I don't want it to be like relying on my kid remembering to take this. Like, I'm getting my daughter on birth control because I'm worried. Young women also mentioned in this story, like 22, 23 years old, Mm -hmm. asking for permanent birth control, like having their tubes tied. It's intense. Yeah. And I I remember hearing about this. I actually did. I talked to an OBGYN and several women right before I changed careers. I mean, like, and a lot of women are seeking more permanent solutions to birth control. Um, You're seeing a lot more sterilizations, a lot younger women coming in and asking for these treatments because the future just remains unknown. And so the demand is high. And we know this. And, you know, having this Utah business article just clarify that there is not enough doctors is really worrisome. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, really, the thesis of this article, I always think it's interesting to read Utah business, because I think, you know, in a state where we hear from our governor consistently, from leadership consistently, the economy's humming, the economy is everything, the economy, the economy, the economy, right? It's like, okay, when I'm reading about an OBGYN shortage, when I'm reading about Roe in Utah business, mm-hmm. this is such a becoming such a chronic trend in our state, which is these, like, a lot of extremely conservative or even like far right wing politics are kind of bad for business. Like you've got all these thriving sectors that are trying to retain young talent and Mm -hmm. it makes Utah less attractive when the politics, you know, for lack of a better word, scare people away. So it's bad for business is basically the thesis of this article is like banning abortion is bad for business. And that's um, not a new take, but I think it's really an interesting one. And so, you know, I don't know the pandemic. Now this like working in healthcare is just tough file under healthcare crisis. Speaking of crises, let's talk about our housing crisis because housing news is always in the news. Mayor Aaron Mendenhall made a recommendation this week to the city council to use city funding. We're talking $6 million to build 400 units of permanent supportive housing. So this permanent supportive housing is like motels that have built-in services, social services like mental health care, substance abuse, things to just help people get back on track and hopefully get them out of homelessness. Oh, okay. This is a grant program that basically incentivizes developers to convert old buildings 
same hotels into housing. Okay. The city's really looking at like projects that are really close to being done because this has a deadline. Um, people who sign up to this grant program have to be finished by April 15th to have at least half of their units built out. So say if you're looking, if you're like um, looking at a building and it has 100 units, you have to have 50 of those done by then. And it's it's a pretty tight turnaround. It's tighter than a, a newsroom deadline. <laughs> Honestly. So that so then I, I could safely assume that like that's why we're hearing a lot about hotels and motels because they would prefer that people are renovating rather than yes, building. That's probably why we're looking at these because mm-hmm. they already have the infrastructure to be easily accommodating, like just change them up a little. It doesn't need that much. The location thing is interesting to me too because it's like if we think about hotels and motels, they've usually got they've secured a good location. They're downtown. They're close to services. They are um familiar to people. Mm-hmm. Like the location is familiar. Hotels are often used as landmarks in describing a place. Um yeah, it does make sense in terms of sites. And also like, I don't know, six million dollars is like I mean I don't want to scoff at it. It's a lot of money. I've never personally seen $6 million. Maybe in a heist movie, but like um, that's like the price of a house in the upper avenues. So when you're thinking about developing like new development, six mil is. So this is supposed to be like a little lift from the city. It's not supposed to be like the entire thing. It's intended to get projects kind of across the finish line. Like, hey, you need a little help. Okay. Here's. Here's a little funding to help this, to make this happen, basically. And it's also kind of like, we always have this question at the end of the winter when the overflow shelters close. And it's like, where are people supposed to go? This is the, this is one of the solutions that the city is looking at. And it's going to be like, oh, okay, well, maybe we can make people transition them from not having a place to to go into a semi-supportive housing option. So there is a public hearing on September 20th that people can go in and voice their concerns, thoughts, opinions. Well, I'm, I will be interested to see how this plays out because we need the housing. I, I'm going to try and be really optimistic about this. <laughs> The Living Traditions Festival is back in downtown Salt Lake City, May 17th through 19th. And this is when I come alive. It is so easy to sell me on three days of Washington Square and Library Square converting to a global food court. And this festival has truly been one of my favorites for years now. Living Traditions convenes the diversity of artistic traditions, food heritage, music, and art from the many cultures that have made Utah their home. You can expect everything from live music and dance to hands-on workshops, a little shopping, Sundance film screenings, and Bohemian Brewery. There is something for the whole family, and it's free entry. Come celebrate all of the rich cultures that make up our community. Find more information on the festival and view the full program guide at livingtraditionsfestival.com or on Instagram and Facebook at slclivingtrad. I want to apologize in advance for bringing up this topic. As you know, Ivana, Salt Lake City is thirsty for the Winter Olympics again. Don't I know it? Don't I know it? We want the Olympics. Well, (laughs) some people want the Olympics, I should say. So bad. (laughs) So bad. And 
So like a little bit of background for anyone who's new to this. Salt Lake is currently a finalist for 2030 uh, Winter Olympics or maybe 2034. I don't know. It's the Olympics. So it's always like chaotic and confusing. But but basically we want it back. Of course, we had the Olympics in 2002. Um, and memory is a funny thing because you talk to some people and they're like, man, the Olympics, greatest time of our lives. And you talk to some people and they're like, the Olympics, what a nightmare. I will definitely be leaving town if they return. Um, but Salt Lake is a finalist along with Sapporo in Japan and Vancouver, British Columbia for the Olympics. And now there has been a bribing scandal in <gasps> Sapporo that is like basically increasing Salt Lake's odds. So it's been funny to follow com- some of the journalism around this because I would argue that local media has been part of the hype machine <laughs> for <laughs> Salt Lake getting the Olympics. And you see these stories that's like, now there's a scandal and it could be better for us getting the Olympics. It's really funny. Yeah, it is pretty funny. And if you've listened to this show for a, a, a long time, um, you know that I am personally opposed to Salt Lake bidding for the Olympics again. I don't think we need to relive the Olympics in Salt Lake City. This, I acknowledge, is an unpopular opinion. According to the Deseret News, 80% of Utahns want the Olympics back. So <laughs> I am in the minority here, and I'm going to acknowledge that before I go any further. But are you pro-Olympics? It's fine if you are. I am undecided on this issue. Okay. I followed it. I followed, like, meetings, and, like, I always think about other places that hosted the Olympics and, like, what kind of the fallout is. So it's not really appealing to me. I'm also... I'm not the kind of person who follows along the Olympics. I have seen, like, the younger generation. I do love a Simone Biles. Like, I love following Simone Biles. I love seeing her win. I love seeing her on those, you know. You bring up, I think, a really interesting and, like, under underreported on point about the Olympics, which is it's fun. And if we want the Olympics because it's fun – God, I wish we would just say that out loud. But instead, we are making a litany of other like reasons public for why we should have the Olympics. And I, I and I don't believe any of them. I think that people want the Olympics because it's fun. And I think we should just say that out loud. Well, what are the reasons that have been kind of put out there for wanting the Olympics? Like, So will you allow me to read to you just a, a short two sentences here from a story that was written by Hunter S. Thompson, Fear and Loathing, think Fear and Loathing Hunter S. Thompson. Before mm-hmm. he died, he wrote for ESPN. And he wrote about Salt Lake hosting the Olympics in 2002. And this is a passage that I read often because I think it's an important reminder. And of course, it's kind of hyperbolic because it's Hunter S. Thompson. But quote, hosting the Winter Olympics was always a high risk venture. The last winter festival in Nagano was a financial disaster for the Japanese government and a monumental failure for the U.S. winter sports establishment. And next year's train wreck in Utah will be no different. Everybody who goes there will be walking in the queasy shadow of punishment. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. With that said... So the reason that it, that there's like two reasons that this is kind of news this week. One, of course, is the news about bribery in Sapporo that's pushing off their decision on the Olympics. The second is that Park City officials have started hosting a listening tour for residents to gauge their feelings about the games. And it turns out that some of my uh, anti-Olympics people, they're in Park City. So. Oh, 100%. The thing is, is that 
well, I feel like the Olympics gives us this kind of like nationalism, kind of like USA, USA. you love yeah. to see uh, people from our team win. Yeah. It's also, it does have detrimental effects on places that it's being hosted in. And, you know, like, let's be honest, the 2002 Olympics probably propelled us into unstable growth and the housing crisis that we're in. Yeah. I mean, one of our most nostalgic talking points about it is that like it put Utah on this national stage and this global stage and it made us look amazing in the end. And it's like, okay, but now you have people walking around this city being like, God, I hate how many people are moving here. So what do you want? I ask you. Right. Um, And I think it's interesting that what people in Park City are saying is this is going to exacerbate an existing housing crisis. Like we have chronic, as discussed already in this episode, Mm -hmm. we have chronic issues with displacement. We know that when the Olympics comes to town, more people are displaced, right? Um, The other thing that I think is hilarious that Park City folks were complaining about is the traffic. They're like, oh my God. Hey, (laughs) we moved here from LA because we hate traffic. We are not doing traffic again. (laughs) I'm glad you brought up the traffic because everyone has like a sticking point. They're like, That is, like, I feel like the biggest Park City issue I've ever heard. But if you have opinions, thoughts, they're doing a listening tour. Check out their schedule. Here's the thing. They're doing a listening tour, and normally I would be very pro go and voice your opinion. But they are already hot for the Olympics. Like, if we win this bid, we win this bid. They are listening, but it feels a little bit too late. Like, they filed the bid. They're in the process. Like, they want it. They want it. Um, But... I do feel the need to just like say the pros to the Olympics that the the biggest pro to the Olympics that I've heard from a lot of people is we already have the infrastructure. We this is not like Brazil where we have to like, you know, plow down a bunch of trees and build some giant stadium that will never be used. And one of the benefits of the Olympics in 2002 that like is undeniable, you know, we got tracks, we got more housing at the U, we got improved liquor laws. Um, and so I think that that is, that is a, a solid argument. My perspective on that, though, would be that pitching the Olympics as a means to infrastructure improvements in our city feels like a pitch and not a promise. And I don't think that we should host the Olympics so that we can get all of these things that make a city like function better is a vision. Like it's not a vision for our community. It's not a vision for our city. Like we deserve infrastructure anyways, and we should push for that. And we shouldn't have to displace a bunch of people, throw down a bunch of money, produce hundreds of millions of gallons of water for fake snow (laughs) like they have at the last three winter olympics in order to make this thing happen to me it feels like a false promise and i i i'm not buying it so go ahead and at me you can call us you can yell at me or or maybe you know also the park city listening tour can come to salt lake and they you can give your two cents there i would be there Okay, let's get out of here and into the weekend. Ivana, what are you doing this weekend? You know what I'm doing. The Taylor Swift night. Is it Taylor Swift (laughs) night again? Okay, there was was just Taylor Swift night. There was one last weekend at Urban Lounge, and that's the one that I usually go to. It's called 22 and Good For You. It's a spin on Taylor Swift and Olivia Rodrigo, where they play both of their musics. Okay. But this upcoming one's going to be at the Depot, 
and I still need to get my tickets. And but it's tonight, right? Friday night? It's tonight. Yep. It's okay. Friday night. What do you do at Taylor Swift night? Like, do you sit in a circle and listen to the 10-minute version of that one song about um, the scarf? Or is it? do you <laughs> dance? Like, Okay. I do everything. It's so fun. You just have, like, a group of Swifties. I like to go to the, like, I buy sometimes outrageous things that I find at the Goodwill bins. Last time I went to a Taylor Swift night, I think I wore, like, a sequence black like sparkly prom dress mm. I was just like such a fun time okay. I like to just go sing my little heart out and kind of curse out Jake Gyllenhaal but yeah oh my god <laughs> okay well what about you what are you doing hilarious this is like hilarious because what I'm doing this weekend I do feel like we just drew a line in the sand between the two things we're doing this weekend because <laughs> I know that as a Swifty it's tough watching Gyllenhaals out in the wild doing their thing um, mm-hmm. Of course, Jake Gyllenhaal is the subject of many a t- Taylor Swift song and some scathing couplets about how old the women are that he dates and a scarf. But uh, there's a woman named Vic who runs a very cool movie club in Salt Lake. It's called Cheap Thrills. And I think it's every third Sunday in um, of the month they do – they screen a like – sultry classic like kind of a steamy movie um at Ruby's there are Sundays at 5 p.m and it's free (gasps) and this Sunday they're screening Secretary starring none other than Maggie Gyllenhaal (laughs) (laughs) Maggie where's the scarf (laughs) where's the scarf Maggie um and I'm going to that because the weather's dropping it's movie season I'm ready and I love Ruby's I love Ruby's for so many reasons and some of them are ironic and some of them are unironic but going to that theater is always a good time it really is I think I saw Black Widow there and it was just a phenomenal experience okay last quick thing before we go our the best show this week is going to be about the best meals after midnight whether you are like staggering through the streets looking for a late night snack or you're getting off work at 3 a.m because you're a bartender and you got to figure out what to eat before you go to bed um we want to know where your favorite place is to eat after the stroke of midnight send us your your opinions call us give us a little voicemail um at 801-203-0137 and you can also send us an email saltlake at citycast.fm you can tweet at us we're on instagram god we are literally everywhere so come find us tell us about your favorite meals we might play it on the show and with that ivana have a fantastic weekend you too Allie. That's all for us today here on CityCast Salt Lake. Our lead producer is Emily Means. Our producer is Ivana Martinez. Our newsletter editor is Terina Ria. And our host is me, Ali Bayarta. Music is by Mitochondria. We'll be back Monday morning with more from around this city. Have a great weekend. This is, this is the Salt Lake City song. La, 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 la. This is, yeah, how does it go? How does it, how do, sorry, how does our theme song go? <laughs> do, 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 I was walking in, papa. We should replace our theme song with that song by the Violent Femmes one day and see if people notice. <laughs> <laughs>